we are back with a degree of doubt. And today we're slightly changing things up. Um, we're going to do some thought experiments. So basically, Joe's got a few things written down for us. Um, mm-hmm. And he's going to read them out and explain them. And then we're just going to have a quick discussion. Probably won't talk about each subject for too long, but just a bit, a bit of a change of pace. So, uh, and instinctive reactions, just see what you instinctively react to them. Yeah. Because we have obviously not thought about it too much compared to um, maybe what like some of the other subjects we did. So we're just going to spit them out and see what see what we think. Yeah, I think we should uh, dive in then, don't you? All right, dive in. Okay, so the first one we're going to go for is one that like lots of people might have heard of. And it's a bit of a pop culture one. The tree falling in the forest. And it's really simple. And it's if a tree falls over in the forest and no one's around to hear it. There's no animals. There's no people. No one sees it or hears it fall, but it did fall. Okay, because we can go back later and we see it's on the ground. Did the tree, when it fell, make a sound? You asking me? I'm asking you. Well, again, I think that we start with an e- like sort of an easier one because I think most people have discussed this. But you have to think what what is sound? Yeah. Um, and is 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 your eardrums reacting to it? So unless you, your eardrums are, are hearing that sound, and I, it's not. I don't think it is. Okay. Well, what did? Because now we're not scientists, so I'm sure we could be correct on this. But my understanding of sound is is that when I make a sound like a clap, okay, that that is created, that's made the move, the air move, and it moves in a way for your ear to receive it. Do you yeah. think that the air moved when the tree fell? Was there those sound waves of air going up and down at a certain frequency? Yeah, that... there there would be, but then there's nothing to receive it, so it can't. Be. So why is that not sound? Because for it to be sound, it has to be someone to hear it or something to hear it. And obviously trees don't have that capability. I'm yet to see a tree with any ears. So, yeah. um, I think I think it's interesting though, because like, obviously if we're saying that sort of the air moves and stuff, it's interesting then what is sound before we interpret it? And basically like, if if it is, if everything is just movement and not there's no such thing as, because the same we can say the same about light, Do we are there actually things to see or is it just light moving in a different way? And the same, and I guess this I mean, sounds probably is a better example for that. But it's interesting. What does our brain do to those airways? Then interpret it and then see it as a certain thing. I remember when I first that it sort of I was first asked it. It definitely really made me. I was like, well, obviously you don't have to be around here for for a sound to be to be there. But um, yeah, I, I yeah, if it's if no one's around, unfortunately, it's not sound for me. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think like. It's interesting that like with like language and stuff, obviously making words is sound and those words are utterly meaningless. They are just air movements. It's interesting how human society has just created this whole concept and understanding of certain sound. So a tree falling in the forest is meaning to us. It's just a bang. Yeah. Yeah. But then you oh, say. Oh yeah. Sound is so interesting. You, you go to, you go to some parts of, of Africa where their, their dialogue is basically like click. Yeah. And me and you would be, if we were listening to that, wouldn't have a, slightest of clue what what it meant it, it sound means nothing to us yeah but you go to closer continent or closer closer countries and you can sort of get a rough idea of something of what they're talking about so that sound is a, is a really interesting it's quite it's how, 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 you, how your brain actually interprets it, interprets it, and, understands it, yeah. it. and i mean it's sort of off at a tangent a bit but i saw like um like a research study that done that looked at like certain words in languages that have masculine and feminine mm-hmm. words and the word bridge, for example, in German is masculine and in Spanish it's feminine. 
and they asked people to describe like they said imagine a bridge and describe it and G- german speakers more predominantly use words as like strong and like well structured and supportive and blocky and bold and um spanish speakers used more what we consider like feminine attributes like more um sort of beautiful or i can't even remember the words they use but more elegance they they pictured elegant bridges okay um, and it's just really interesting that almost like that i mean i know the word is technically different but the meaning of the word is the same but just because culturally how we understand those sounds in a certain way make us think in a different way sounds like we might have stumbled across another podcast idea for yeah. the future um stay tuned to listen to that another podcast <laughs> um so i think we've sort of covered that one should we start going on to some more yeah. that well I, you've had a lot more of these but some of these might be a bit newer to me so yeah oh, cool so, so the next one? one um brought up briefly before we came on um oh, i'm gonna forget the name of it, it means of tea anyway it's an ancient greek it comes from ancient greece greek philosophy and it basically says imagine a ship and imagine a ship sailing around an island or on a journey um, i think the uk is a good example imagine a ship sets off around the uk and at every port it stops at it has to make repairs but it only has to repair one item on its ship and that might be replace the steering wheel replace the sail put some new rigging on it might be as simple as put a new plank on or put a new nail nails broken they've got to put a new nail in but by the time it completes its journey all the way around the island it's changed it's stopped at every port and at every port it's changed one item and every item on the ship's been changed exactly once and yeah so it's been changed exactly once so every item on that ship as it gets back to its original destination is a brand new item but they were changed at different intervals. And the question is, is that the same ship? What's your instinct reaction? Is it is it, is it the same ship or is it a completely different ship? Or is it somewhere in the middle? It's it's close to the middle, but it's still this I, I still think it's the same ship. Um, just because I for example, when they were creating that ship, probably before they even well, I imagine, um, before they were making it, they probably decided the actual name of the ship and went, okay, this is this is our idea, this is going to be the name of it. And then you bring all the, the while they're building it. So you obviously, you, the example you gave was an older ship with little planks of wood and yeah. sails and things like that. Every bit of wood wasn't the actual ship itself. It was only the ship once it was assembled. Wasn't, yeah, it was assembled and complete. Um, but it's no longer assembled. That's the, I guess yeah. all those original parts are no longer are no longer part of the ship. Part of the ship, but I feel like the the, the, the name of it and it's it, it, if it's get my words out, it's more of the I find it's more of the actual identity of it rather than. But then where that's what I'm. But where what do you mean identity? You mean like the memories that people have of the ship or the purpose of the ship? What I think, yeah, I think the purpose of the ship would probably be a would probably be a good one because so, it, the, the purpose of the ship, just say for example, was. Um, hauling grain or something like that around the UK, yeah. um, and that was the purpose of it. Um, so, if someone bought it and repurposed it, would it be a different ship? No, it'd still it'd still be it'd still be that still be that ship, but then that's what it was. So, say so were originally built for. So, then once it was originally given given that name, that that purpose, then I think it is it is still the same ship. Um, because just for example, say say like for you, Joe, um, for you've you probably you won't have any of the same cells you had yeah. when you were born. They're all new, regenerate. You're still well. I still still believe you're yeah. Joe. Do you still think you're Joe? No, yeah. I think that, for me, it doesn't even weigh into that a little bit. I think 
see it's really hard like the purpose what uh, just stick on the ship just for a second what happens if they got into port and they decided the ship needed total repairs and instead they just bought a new ship and put the old nameplate on and carried on its journey well that that, that, that is a new ship but it's got the same purpose same name yeah same crew working it yeah still, still... but why but, what, but why then if it's based on purpose and name um yeah why okay um so say that again so if it was a they just decided that the ship was beyond repair so they're going to replace it totally there was a new ship that was very similar yeah not identical but very similar in the port they bought that ship they took the nameplate off because it had so much meaning and identity yeah so it was called the whatever the wheat hauler and it was and they were like we still need to carry on hauling wheat and they carried on their journey like they would same name same purpose same crew same same owner yeah for me it's almost wheat hauler point two there or 2.0 um, so is it the same ship? No, you no. You can put 2.0 on if you want. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess my, my my problem is with using our words like identity is that it's we people it, identify yeah. things differently. We identify yeah. I identify differently to how people identify me. Yeah. Some people have this notion that I'm arrogant, and I'm like, what? <laughs> but again, do do you reckon any part of to do with a ship has like I think a ship has to be named or something, doesn't it? And then when we break the yeah, I guess like legally, but I guess well, how would you define a ship? How, well, how do you just, how do you define okay well how do you define an object how do we separate objects how do we separate this microphone from the table it's on like what what yeah, makes that cause, microphone because well because obviously when you when you're building that ship when when you build those planks of wood then they are just singular bits of wood and without without it, it is it only becomes a ship once it is whole mm. um and and is fully up and up and running working um otherwise it's, so that's interesting if it wasn't a functioning ship. A good example is, um, I don't know, a good example is a, a car door. If I have a car door and then I have a Rolex, well, or I make a door for a car yeah. and I make it badly and it doesn't actually open, but it has all the things, but the handle doesn't work, so it doesn't open. Is that a door? Everything about it is door-like, Te- apart from the <laughs> handle's dysfunctioning. Technically, if it doesn't open, I can't imagine it counts as an So what is it? Is it a wall? Door. Is it part of the car it's body? Part of, it's part of the package. It's a panel of the, that's now part of even the intended. Even though I intended to create it as a door. Yeah, you can always intend for something to be something. And then if, it, if it's not, it, it, just because you want or are willing something to be a door and you totally mess it up. And it, it, if it's not serving as a function of a door and it doesn't actually open, then it, it's not it's not yeah. a door. So if we're, I, because I, I do sort of lean towards that argument, I guess my next challenge to that whole sort of position is where do we stand on things that aren't objects so animals and people because you use the example am i still joe yeah does that mean i have a purpose is is my purpose the way i was created or came into existence and the thing i was used for define if i am a person or not oh or, that's that's a deep question to ask yeah. um, or dog then like a dog do, does do a dog you... have a purpose and is if it doesn't fill that purpose is it a dog if I, I, well it doesn't always doesn't always need a, a, a purpose um, but normally with things like boats or you tend to have get dogs through the you want company or it's a working dog so you've got to... and if it does that job badly is it no longer a dog no it's still it's still a dog it's just just a bad boy is it if i breed if um, if i'm a hunter um, and uh, <laughs> i breed a dog to go fetch pheasants that i shoot and the dog yeah. just never does it ever it, it's just not got the mental capability are we saying that that's no longer a dog because I bred it as a hunting dog and now it's not? 
I, I would say it's not a hunting dog, it's still a, but it's still a dog. Okay, so address, okay, so address the question. What would ha- what, what I'm saying is is that if it's based on the purpose, you might say, okay, it's not a hunting dog, it's just a dog. What makes it a dog as opposed to a cat? Um, just just by its genetics, well, go through by its genetics with with. So it's not work. purpose. It's not, is it? But then again, we, I, I wonder if I I would put in different categories because one's a living animal and one's an object. Okay. Okay. What about a rock? A mountain. What a makes mountain. it a mountain? A mountain. What, what technically does make a mountain a mountain? I suppose it's got to be over a certain height. In yeah. So, but I I guess like ge- geographers and geologists can define it. But what I guess what I'm trying to get at is is the again and again it's very much back to Lucy's. It's, we sort of name everything, and it, it's just something we've we've created a word for. And is is it actually anything, or is it just? Yeah. Well, I think that's where this thought, thought experiment yeah. goes. I, I did like you. You actually, because we did actually talk about this one earlier a bit. That was nice. I, I, I did. Um, I did like the question you said about earlier, but I'm going to steal it. Go on. I'll ask you it to put you on the spot. You don't need to tell everyone um, that. You can just. No, no, I won't, I, won't, I, won't take I'll I won't take full credit for it. I just, I, I was there, so I'll take, I'll take, I'll take five percent credit. Um, if, like I said, all the parts of that ship were taken off and they were all replaced, but they kept all the spares for some bizarre reason. Yeah. And then they made a new ship out of it. Would it be that original ship? Yeah. See, is it the original ship? And I, I'd be on down the line of saying that is more the ship. Which one is more the original ship? Which one's the original? So you got the two of them. I guess I've just spun the pressure back on you. And that's not fair. <laughs> I think, I guess that's... what I'd say is that actually in that instance, you've got the new ship that's now had every part replaced and you've got the new old ship. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the ship that's now been rebuilt from all the old parts and it's still functioning as a ship. Did that, is that the newly built version of the ship? I'd, uh, I'm getting muddled around the ships. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, is that one that's been rebuilt from all the old parts is yeah. more the original ship than what you would call the original ship because it had all the parts replaced. Based, but that's partly based on your argument of the purpose and the people that made the original yeah. component. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things, once we sort of stick a name or something, give it that identity, then does the ship, does identity of the ship overtake the sort of purpose for it? And like I said, even if it does lose objects or bits of it, you still count it as a ship. Like if you if you're driving along in your car and your exhaust fell off, you'd still it's still your car even, if you, even though you've lost a bit of it. How much? Yeah, and I guess that's yeah, and I think that's interesting. I think my whole problem with this, and this we do not have enough time, so we've got a few more to get through, is that I struggle that any definition of any object or thing ultimately for me is a is a construct because it's ultimately how people see and use that thing, and that can be different for multiple people. But like different objects are used by different people for different things. And does that make them two different objects or does it? So what I'm saying is that identity for me is completely pushed onto things rather than things holding an identity, I think would be where I lean. Actually, there's no such thing as a ship objectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only planks of wood that are nailed together that people yeah. use not to drown. And someone then might put a ship in a museum as an exhibit, like the Mary Rose down in Portsmouth, and then it's an exhibit to look at. And I guess yeah. my thing is that there's no objective, like, if humans didn't exist and we looked at a tree or a mountain, for me, it's not a tree or a mountain because we haven't, we're not around to define it. It's just exists. It exists. And is it a mountain or is it a mountain range or is it earth or is it the universe? And what I guess what I'm getting at is that humans are unique in that we divide things up and we say, this is one thing. 
this is a different yeah, thing. Yeah. And the example I sort of, when we spoke about it earlier was like a tree is a really good example because like, there's a tree outside our window now. It's got, it's got sort of flowering leaves on it. It's got leaves, it's got flowers, it's got bark, it's got roots, it's got sap. It's made up of hundreds and thousands of different constituent parts. And as humans, we've said all of that, all of those parts together make a tree. But the moment we get to the soil and the ground, we say that's something different. And why haven't we said, oh, the ground and the soil and the water that are below it are part of that system because they still work in the same ecosystem. They, they live and work off each other in the same way a ship sails work in conjunction with the steering wheel and the rudder. And it's interesting that we don't just divide all those up. And I do think it is completely a social construct and whatever people choose to define it as rather than it being an objective thing in itself. So if I were to ask you the question, do you think it, if it was all replaced, is it the same ship? The thing is, I, I reject the premise of the question. I think is my problem. Oh, I think that's a bit of a cheat. No, because I, I don't think there is. I don't think yeah. I, what I'm saying is, is that I don't believe there is a such I think thing. I think it depends how you, you redefining it. I, 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 just, I suppose. But I guess that, that is kind of the question. What I'm, I guess what my problem with the question is, is that I don't accept there is a thing as a ship. Because what? Because it's just something we've made up. Because yeah, because like I say, it's 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 either a constituent of all its parts, yeah, and therefore it's a rudder, it's a yeah. sail, and even yeah. then I'd break it down even further. I'd probably just say there's no such thing as things objectively. Yeah. We've just just for ease of society, we have to like draw rings around things, and but in the same way, I like I say, I wouldn't say that that's a tree. I'd say it's the world. I'd say it's the universe working in one big conjunction ecosystem. Um, but if people choose to look at it as the same ship i can't argue and say it's not um but yeah i guess i just struggle with the premise of the question somewhat oh i think that's that's fair enough any final thoughts on that or should we uh no i think i think we've done that um one quick thing i've just thought of i think at some point we are going to um have some social media outlets of of our degree of doubt um and if through any of our podcasts if you've got if you've got your own thoughts feel free to post them it'd be yeah. interesting to read what read what you think or, or, or comment on them yeah because 100 yeah. like we're only two people just thinking about this so i think we're going to have instagram and tiktok i think it's going to be the way to go so you can let us know there or you can let us know on this podcast itself um in the comment section but yeah it would be really good and be really good in future ones to get maybe some buy-in even if we do a bit of sort of a preparation for it yeah definitely set people up with questions and see what other people say because get bored of listening to your opinion all the time oh yeah you always just get a bit boring sometimes <laughs> right this, next this one the next one yeah okay so um i think this is the final one that i brought up to you in advance of this and then after that we're freewheeling um Lovely. so this one is um i'm sure it has a proper name but i've written it down as the tortured girl thought experiment and the idea is is there's a city of a million people and the city is a complete paradise no one ever has to work unless they want to um food is plentiful there's no environmental impact the world lit the city operates in a complete ecosystem and it is paradise everyone lives pleasure free everyone has health care there's no poverty etc etc everything you want in society you have um and you have it in moderation so everyone is happy and healthy the problem with this city is is they've harnessed technology which means the only way the city can be in paradise is there is a girl in a dungeon deep below the city and she's tied up and she's tortured 24 hours a day seven days a week for her whole existence. And when she does, well, I don't know, but whatever, for her whole life, they torture her and she's in extreme agony. But for a million people, they never have to experience any pain. Um, Assuming that the city is good, because I know we can get into conversations about should we pain, should we have suffering, should we suffer, et cetera. But you have the right amount of pain, it's the perfect paradise. 
is that a morally good setup situation? Can we justify torturing that girl for her entire Cause, existence? Because I suppose, yeah, if you look at it one way, you think if it wasn't paradise, you look to life now, you've got homeless, you've got um, people fighting, stabbing, drugs, um, people dying every day of diseases, and you're saying all that could stop by just one person suffering. Um and at sort of a quick glance, it's sort of, you sort of think, oh, oh yes, that 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 sounds almost it sounds it bad to say it sounds good. It, only one person suffering, where instead instead of having thousands and thousands of people suffering, you you only have one. But is it ethical to choose who suffers? And I don't think it is. How do you mean? Um, so for for me to outright say you have to take all the suffer for no fault of your own. You haven't done anything wrong, but you have to suffer your worst nightmares. How, well, how about if it was randomly selected? Randomly selected. But yeah, well, same, thing. Same, same thing. There's no, there's, there's no justification of, they, they, I, I doubt, I doubt they want to be suffered unless you're some sort of freak. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be, they want to be suffered 24 hours a day. Okay. I guess sort of two sort of expansions on that then the, Firstly, I'd say that in a normal society, there are probably people being tortured in the exact same way they'd be tortured. There are yeah, there yeah. are gangs, there are um, police forces, there yeah. are armies that torture people. Yeah. So let's say the city has, like in a normal city, yeah. even if it's two people being tortured in the exact same way that one person yeah. would be tortured, yeah. to those things you can easily add up. Do you still think that to prevent those two people being tortured, torturing yeah. that one girl yeah. would be morally wrong? Um, I just want to quickly ask something. So if you're saying... To say there was a say the city was a population of like a million, yeah. right? Do all those people that live there know this is happening to this girl? Uh, no, they don't. No. So let's just say it's, it's, it's a society that's controlling this. They, they, yeah, they, or yeah, there's this there's there's a malevolent, benevolent dictator, um, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Does it? Okay. I, or I does just, it change I, it? For I, you? I just feel like it changes a bit. It just takes. It's almost taken away the the free will of that of that person to have any chance to. But is that worse than the suffering that's in the city? I'm not saying. Again, it's one of those things where I think it's actually it's it's better for the actual society. But do I agree with it morally? No, because you you. Thing is, in 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 this in the society as it is now, okay, it would be perfect if everyone wasn't out on selling drugs, fighting. Etc. Etc. But it's down to not always, but most of the time, each person's free will in in that society to make those decisions, where and put themselves in that place where that girl, has, or who said it was a girl in that dungeon, has no choice to be there. She's captured, and things go on like that now. But we're not saying they have to suffer to make everyone else's life better. Yeah. So just yeah, sort of bring it back then to sort of point you made about sort of that choosing that person. Are you, if you refuse to choose that person, are you not in effect choosing the people that are currently being su- suffered? I know you haven't caused that suffering. Yeah. But let's say someone's like dying in poverty or like refugees are trying to cross water and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Those people are effectively, for a better word, being tortured, going through torture. And by not choosing one person, are you not in effect saying, right, I choose the people that are currently suffering, which I think we both agree aren't being tortured by their own, anything they've done yeah, wrong, yeah, just yeah. because of the situation yeah. is not their yeah. fault. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with that. And let's just let's say, for example, so we were the two who were in control of the city and we, we were the ones who decided yeah. 
to do that. Um, it's it's whether could you would you feel alright making one person suffer horrible pain where you could otherwise try and create a society which isn't perfect but you're trying to make it fair for everyone you're trying to give you're not trying to just give select that one person to, to suffer and and yeah more people are going to suffer but it, you you get it's more of a free will and okay chance, would you chance to chance to would you would you rob a shop of all its contents to feed a starving family not your family just there's a starving family and you can steal a corner shop worth of food to feed them for the rest of their Rest of, okay for, for for the rest of their like for the rest of the year you can feed them. Um, you are targeting one person. One person taking away their free will about what they do with their yeah, products. Yeah, you're gonna you're targeting one person to stop someone starving. Yeah, would I? Well, not necessarily would you, but hi, morally yeah, should yeah. you? Yeah. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because and is that again, you are you are breaking the law, and again, people break the law all the time. So, and I think it's different levels, isn't it? But you are then making the shop owner suffer mm-hmm. um and you don't that they could be in financial difficulties and they could just be hanging on by the slightest little string just just keeping the business ticking over and you don't they could have a big family in the background that they are feeding the mouth okay but and you, then you're saving this one family and then you but then you're destroying another yeah while also breaking i think i think breaking it slightly i feel like slightly that's dodging it a bit because what i guess i'm trying to get at is is that let's say you guaranteed that by stealing the the ship from the shop you were in as a net calculus you were reducing suffering yeah let's say that that person might obviously financially suffer but they're gonna bounce back like you're not you're not and what i'm saying is that on one hand you in a bit like the girl being tortured below the city if you added up the amount of pleasure and pain On one side, you've definitely got the majority. You're improving so, pleasure. But basically, you're, asked, you're saying, can you justify doing something really bad to make another situation good? Yeah, and the good is more good than the bad you're doing. But you have to actively do it. Yeah, but I don't think you should... I, I don't... Situations like that, I don't agree with doing something that bad. I fully disagree. Yeah, I think I fully disagree. I think the reason I'm I can sort of have the liberty to say this, I think, is because a we know it's never going to happen. I don't trust a dictator to actually make this happen because no site is going to be perfect. So that's why in the real world I wouldn't ever say yeah I'm for that policy. The government proposed it as a policy. They said we've got the technology. I'd be against it because I don't trust it. But in a hypothetical scenario where I know that I'm going to end the suffering for the million people. And I look at the suffering. I look at people starving. I look yeah. at people using food banks, <clears throat> at refugees drowning yeah. in the. Yes. And I, I, it would be a horrible decision. Say, say I'd if, randomly select someone to be tortured for twenty-four hours. Say if, you, say if you were a dictator of this. Yeah. Could you live with yourself knowing that there was a person down there getting tortured every single second and in horrendous amount of pain, where they want to die? They don't if want I to... could, if I could guarantee that I'd, I'd prevented. The suffering that was currently happening in society yes because what i think i would go along the lines of i have the power to end suffering yes. a thousand times more yeah. than that person will suffer but so you do that instead of trying to build an actual proper society if I, oh if i have the option, option if i have the option of being prime minister yeah and that see that's what i'm saying in the real world yeah and my position on politics is that i think i've got a pretty good moral outlook I would never do it because I could be wrong about things. I'd yeah. want a democracy. I'd want people to understand. I'd want people to be able to overthrow yeah. me yeah. if they thought what I was doing was wrong. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. But in this hypothetical situation, 
where I know that the world will be perfect. Yeah. And my other option is I can try and make it perfect. But, but in, in my eyes, it isn't perfect because there is still some suffering. But okay, so it's 99% perfect. What I'm saying is, is that, that there are people, we have militant groups around the world torturing people. We yeah. have... We have like ISIS literally invading people and sexually assaulting them because yeah. they've captured the city. And I, I look at those horrific things that are happening. The Stephen Fry example of the bug that bur burrows into your eye yeah, yeah. for no reason. I look at those horrific things that people are going through. And I would say that is just as, even if two people are going through something just as bad as that girl being tortured in the thing, then I have to look at the net calculus and say, I've not saved everyone. I've saved every but one. Every but one. And for me, that's... and. But again, like I say, if this is the real world, you can't have that perfect society. So yeah. it's no good. I mean, yeah. it's obviously meant to yeah, exacerbate yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly yeah. the point. I just, I just feel, I, I know it would be a better society and everyone would do better, but I don't feel like I could live in myself knowing that I'm directly causing that one person pain where but in, I would bring in, it back. In, in the rest of society. I'd bring it back to you. You've got the power to implement this policy, right? Yeah. And if you don't do it, then how can you live with yourself that when, when you see a famine, when you see 20 migrants drown in the channel, how can you live with yourself that you could have stopped that and you chose not to? Could you live with yourself with that? Yes, because the actions that caused those people to do it was nothing to actually do with me. So there's people who are actually doing the killing. But you had the power to stop it. it. Yeah. Um, you had the power to stop it with no harm to yourself, no harm to your family. But it's still it's still harm to to another human being, which I'm directly yeah. causing. I mean, we're going around a circle, so maybe yeah. wrong. But then I'd just say, yeah, you're doing harm to someone by not acting. Yeah, yeah I think it is a difficult. Oh, one. can I? Can I? Actually, I've got one that spins off this really quickly. It's a short okay. one, and it comes. It's a legal thought experiment. You're walking along a road. Yeah. Um, it's just only you on the road. Yeah. And there's a there's puddles on the floor. Yeah. Literally a centimeter deep. Yeah. There's a baby face down in the water. Yeah. And it's drowning. Yeah. And you could pick that baby up. Yeah. And if someone, or you could leave it and it would yeah. drown face down the puddle. Yeah. No harm to yourself. Yeah. If you choose to leave it, yeah. have you done anything wrong? Uh, yes, because I feel like you've got a moral obligation to help someone when help, they're in need. Help, help someone in need, yeah. And is that different to the last example? Uh, yeah, but you are helping the, the, mil the million people in that sea, but your choosing doesn't make one person suffer. Okay, and how bad does that suffering have to be? Like, let's say you were walking, you pick up that baby, and it means you're, you're going to get to to pick up your kids from school an hour late. You're going to yeah. leave them standing out in the rain for an hour. Yeah. Is that enough suffering for you to be like, it's acceptable? Not saying it's right, but yeah. is it a borderline acceptable yeah. to leave the baby and go pick up your kids on time? What, what level does the suffering have to be for that other group, i.e. the children or the girl being tortured, for you then to do the right thing? Sorry, to, to, to help someone. <clears throat> Do you want me to answer the question of how bad she's been? Yeah, like what, uh, what I'm or, saying, what level, or what we stick to the baby? Like, well, sort of, I, I guess, yeah. I helped her. That, maybe that's a better way of reframing it. If that girl below, maybe she's not being tortured. Yeah. She's getting slapped once an hour. Is that acceptable? Slapped once an hour. Yeah, I would. What's the worst thing you could do to her that would still be acceptable? Um. I wouldn't you really don't. say much more than <laughs> suffering, really. Um, See, that's really interesting. Not a punch once an hour, a full punch to the face to end all suffering for a million people. I, do, I, just, I would really struggle doing something like that to someone who 
has no real right to be be punched in the face. No, I think yeah. I think that, I think that's fair. Yeah, it, it says your heart because you could say, I think it's more down to my morally actually say, especially if that's like I was having like give that instruction to do it. Yeah, I struggled to live myself through that, but with more than it. I know it sounds a bit crazy. I could save all these, all these thousands of people going through the same thing every day, but I know I'm not the one causing that pain to them. Okay. And I think I think it might be. I might even be a bit selfish, actually. Thinking. Yeah. Well, that's what I was, I'm taking my. Can I live? Well, so that's what I was say. Move yourself in the situation. Yeah. If someone, person X, made the decision to do what I'm saying, yeah. That girl there, yeah. Did person X act immorally? Not like should they? Because I get, I get the person. Could you live with yourself? But did they? Would, could you look at that person and said they did something wrong? I, I yeah, it's. I, I would still say it's wrong, okay. but I could understand it. Yeah, you could and, understand the thinking. Yeah, and I could possibly. But, but again, would I want to live in a society that does things like that? And I probably, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll move on because I wouldn't want to live in a society where refugees drown in the channel. And I guess that's I, I get that's for me. I think I think yeah. it's just really obviously yeah. you don't either. <laughs> but yeah. like no, no, no. I think it's just it is interesting. It's that choice that you're actively doing something. Yeah, that's fair enough. Right, cool. on to the next one. Move on to the next one. Cool. So um this is a bit of a change of course. We're going to a bit deeper in. I might lose lose track of what's going on. Um there's a famous um thought well, it's not really a thought experiment, it's like a theory written called Plato's Cave. And in it, um he proposes that there is a cave um, underground, no light, no natural light coming. And in this cave, there are three prisoners tied up, completely chained up. Yeah. And they're facing just a blank wall. Yeah. Okay. And they can't see anything else apart from the cave wall. Behind them, they have guards that watch them. Yeah. But they can't hear, hear them or see the guards ever. But the guards do have a fire which casts shadows onto the wall. Okay. Okay. And past the fire is like a road or like a path that people take. And along that path is comes traders, travellers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, carrying all manner of objects. The prisons, prisoners, I should have said, have been tied up there their entire life from the moment they were born to the current age they are. The only things they've ever seen are shadows on the wall. Okay, so when a horse goes through, they've never seen a horse, but they've seen the shadow of a horse. Okay, and the same for every other object. Yeah. The questions can be quite varied here, so maybe I'll just sort of pin it down to one. Well, I guess I could put it as two. Is what they're seeing on the wall, is it their reality? Is it real, those shadows? Are those shadows on the wall real as in not just shadows, but are they real things? And secondly, how do we then know that what we're seeing aren't just incarnations or reflections or shadows of what they really are? Because we're, we could be limited by our own perception of things in the same way the prisoners are tied facing a wall. It's quite a bit more of an open-ended yeah. one. Um, I'd say my third, first thought is, can we really prove anything's real? Um, can yeah. we really prove that we're doing a podcast right now and we're speaking into a microphone? Mm. Um, we, we, we may think we are and for our perception of it, yeah, I don't really know where, where to go. That's a, yeah, it's quite interesting. Okay. Well, okay, well maybe that's it. Okay. So that it kind of basically, this was the basis for then the Matrix films. Yeah. You've seen Matrix films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it basically then gets reframed in later philosophy as the brain and the bat experiment. And it basically says, it asks you simply, how can you prove, or can you prove to me, that you're not just 
a brain that a scientist has put in a vat of liquid to keep it alive yeah. and it's sending and they've wired it up so you're getting electrical impulses to and like a simulation yeah yeah and it's basically that question so is there okay so maybe that's what i'll ask you can you first of all know and secondly prove that you aren't just a brain in a vat or, or you okay can you prove can you prove or can you know that you're real um I, I don't think I don't think I could no. Um, Can you do you know you're real? Do I know I'm real? It's one of those where I I would say ninety I'm ninety nine percent sure, but okay. I, I on, what, on what grounds? On what grounds? Just pure, just very unscientific, just belief. Um, so you think you're you're ninety nine you ninety nine percent think you're real, think but you don't I'm know real. you don't know you're real. Yeah, you're looking at me like you're yeah. questioning yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I'm trying to. I just could you have a stab? Could you have a stab at me? Uh, don't stab me. <laughs> could you have a stab at trying to explain to me? Like, let me see. I'm sitting here, so you're not real. How would you try and explain to me that you were real? I'm not really expecting you to have an answer to this. I'm just, I don't know what the answer would be. But how? well, I think you'd start by saying, "Well, I'm here. I can feel I'm here. You can see I'm here." But then I, I then have to prove, like you said, am I not just in a vat somewhere? Am I not? drugged up and just screen over my eyes thinking I'm in that's that's where I am right now um and I don't think you can ever really prove it because you could just be in a crazy good simulation where even like scientists can break down atoms and go oh yeah, we, we can see the, the smallest things we've ever, we've ever come across and but that could all be a simulation yeah how how would would you know how to? Well, I'd say I've thought about this quite a little bit before. I think I would go along the lines that I know I'm real. Yeah. But I can never prove it. Yeah. And the reason, well, the first of all, the reason that I don't think you can ever prove it is because pop. You, it's interesting you said that. I thought you can go for it earlier. Lots of people say, oh yeah, but I can feel. Like I know this table's here because yeah. I can feel it. Yeah. But as Morpheus says in the Matrix, yeah. the greatest philosopher ever, obviously, he says that all when we touch a table is yeah. we get electrical impulses from our hand. Yeah shoot up to our brain yeah. and go to a receptor in our brain. Yeah. It's theoretically possible, although we don't have the neuroscience down now, yeah. it's theoretically possible to just put an electric jabber, like yeah. a cattle prod, yeah. onto the right bit of the brain yeah. and it would make you have the feels. Well, for example, like I think everyone's had it at one point where they just walk along, no one's around, they feel like someone just like touched them on the back of the shoulder or something yeah, like that. Like, sort of and thing. you're like, oh, what, what was that? And it may, might be in your brain just having a little moment thing, just your muscle slightly like we've all heard things we've, yeah. we've, heard, we've heard someone in the house or yeah um so and could that be a slight glitch in the matrix who, who, so who how, knows so what so i was gonna ask you but maybe i'll just say i think so there's so you probably heard of a guy called rennie descartes did a lot of thinking on this and he said um he said it in latin which was congito ergo sum which is a really famous phrase called i think therefore i am i'm fresh you didn't have that written down uh, congito <laughs> ergo sum. yeah um there you go um did you know i did a degree um <laughs> Cogito ergo sum, yeah, means I think therefore is that um, what that sort of means in plain English is he goes, I can't prove that I'm real. But he said to be thinking about whether I am real or not, there must be something somewhere that is thinking because yeah. otherwise it couldn't be because otherwise you couldn't have a thought. Yeah. So he says even if I don't, I don't even know if he goes this far, but basically what it is saying is that even if I'm not a human, maybe my brain is that, maybe I'm in the dream of an alien. Yeah. But still, there is something. That is thinking about if it's real or not yeah and therefore i in that sense yeah. exist but i can't prove that yeah no, that actually i've actually heard that that brings me back to 
back to the school days. It's been a while. Yeah, well, um, I, 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 yeah. Think, I think that's quite an interesting sort of, sort of line. Because, um, yeah, he did a really cool thing where he basically, um, he basically started out thinking, he's like, I need to prove I'm real. So he, he did what he's called, he wiped the table down. So what he did was he like, imagine he had a blank table and on that table, he would put anything that he could prove, literally anything that he could prove. And then he basically sat for ages thinking about it, like years. Thinking, and he goes, I can't prove anything. Like, I can't prove anything. And eventually he proved three things. And those three things were, I know I'm real, because I can think that I am. He said, I can prove God's real because of some BS argument called the ontological existence of God, <laughs> but we don't need to get into that. Um, that's maybe a podcast topic. Um, and then finally, he said that like two plus two equals four. He said, yeah. because m- mathematically, that has to be true. Whether there's things that exist or not, yeah, there might yeah, not even yeah. be two things yeah. in the universe, but he says the concept of two adding two, two equals is, four. Yeah. Um, there's philosophers that have challenged that as well, and maybe that's a whole other deep dive into stuff. Um, but I think they're, they're, those are, that's really interesting. Well, we might not get all the way through this. I'd, I'd say let's pick two more, I reckon. Okay. So you've got, well, should, should, you've got a few more written down there, but okay. I'll, I'll let you decide. The oh, no, 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 no. You know what? I'll, I'll read out the names of them. Okay, you, you read out. That. You read out. Okay. The okay, so we've got the experience machine, right? Okay, we've got. Would you torture a terrorist? Yeah. Okay, we've got the prisoner's dilemma. Yeah. And we've got the trolley problems. Let's go, pris prisoner's d- dilemma. Okay, right. So for this, um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this in a way that's second edit. I'm just going to read it out because okay. it's one of those things that you can get your words in a muddle. Yeah. Um. So Seth. If, no, we'll cut this out. Well, you probably definitely do now. I've mentioned cut, Seth. Cut, 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 cut. Oh, we can mention Seth. We have to mention Seth at some point. Yeah, well, Seth, Seth's our editor, sort of producer behind the scenes, doing stuff. So shout out to Seth. I could explain it. I don't want to risk getting it wrong. Okay. Two members of a criminal organization are arrested and imprisoned. Each prisoner is in a solitary confinement with no means of communicating with the other. The prosecutors or the police lack sufficient evidence to convict the pair, but they have enough uh, they have enough to convict both on a lesser charge. Okay, so they can't do them for the whole thing, but they could do them for just little crimes. Okay. Simultaneously, the police offer each prisoner a bargain. Each prisoner is given the opportunity to betray the other by testifying against the other, uh, against the other one, or to cooperate with the other by remaining silent. Okay, so they have two options: you can either testify against the other person, or you can remain silent. Yeah. Basically, if you testify against the other person. Okay, you get off scot free, and the other person will be done for the full crime. Yeah. Okay. If you remain silent, if they both remain silent, they'll be done for a half crime. Yeah. So let's say one year in prison. If they testify, if you get testified against, you're going to get the full 10 years in prison. Yeah. Okay. So the question is should, if you, if the prisoner in that situation, should you testify or should you stay silent? And just to really make the stakes clear, if you stay silent, then you're going to get a half punishment. Yeah, or possibly you get. The... But if you stay silent, the other and the other person testifies. Yeah. Then you're going to get the full whack, and yeah. it's going to be a really severe sentence. Yeah. So this is this is almost a bit like the Batman scene with the Joker on the two boats, the bombs. Really similar. Really similar. Story. Yeah, it's come up quite a lot in pop culture and stuff, because the basically the best or they mathematically. I guess the best outcome is that they both stay silent because yeah. then no, because in the total time they'll both do one year each. Yeah. They'll be out in a total of two years. Yeah. If you testify, um, so is that are you asking me what I would do if I was one of the prisoners? Yeah. If you sorry, if you both betray as well, yeah, you get like a three quarter sentence. Okay. So if they both betray, 
then they're going to get so if they both stay silent they both can get one year if they both betray they're going to get two years yeah okay and if one betrays and the other doesn't that person will get what well, it says on this for example three years but the most yeah one two or three years it's probably the best way of thinking about it i would say just quickly running that through my head that out of probability i would keep quiet because i feel like the prob- probability of it would i would say less time if i kept quiet yeah there is that but you're there, definitely gonna yeah. you're definitely gonna get some time definitely gonna get some time but if you betray you yeah. have the possibility of getting no time yeah i think if i was looking if i was taking ethics out of it i was looking to serve the least time i i would keep quiet yeah well in a way it's not almost not an ethical question yeah yeah because you already, you already broke. You already yeah. done. The and also, things. it changes who it's with. Yeah. If I'm in there with you, yeah. I think like you're. If I'm in there with a stranger, yeah, that probably changes my thing. I yeah. owe you. I owe my family a duty of yeah. care. I yeah. probably do what's best for all yeah. of us. Yeah, is that is that what you do? Uh, I don't know. I've never actually thought about. It. I put it on here because it's quite a famous one. Come, like you said, comes up in Batman. It comes up in a lot of stuff. We can find other examples of it. Yeah, it's, it, I think it is hard. It, it is hard mathematically. Because obviously loads of stuff comes in, but I like to think that if I committed a crime, I'd be honest about it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think that's a different situation. I think that's a, I'd like to think the same as well. I think um, I think I'd I think I'd stay silent. Yeah, I think as a general rule, I sort of have that social principle of sticking together. Yeah, and if I if I get screwed over, yeah, okay, but then you get screwed over and you yeah, did. Yeah, that, that, is a, that is a risk you take. And, and, uh, am I right in thinking mathematically it, it is if you keep if you keep quiet, the chances of your time blows. Well, it's a good example here. So there's four different outcomes, okay? I mean, people can't see this at home, but basically if you look at the stay silent, but so you can either stay silent or betray. So that's two by two, there's four yeah. four possibilities. So you can get one year in this side, but one you get, so let's say you're person A, yeah. you get one year if you stay silent and the other person yeah. stays silent. If you stay silent and person B betrays, you get three years. Yeah. If you betray and the other person stays silent, you get zero, zero years. Yeah. Or you get two years. So actually, it's going to be zero, one, two, or three, and they all have the same probability. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but if you obviously, if you stay silent, you're either going to get one year or three years. Yeah. Whereas if you betray, you're going to get zero or two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're either going to get, well, I, I, I don't know. So mathematically, I think they're all pretty equal. Yeah. It's just where I guess it depends whether you want to err on the side of, by that, I would say mathematically, you're best to betray. Because you're either going to get zero, which is lower than one, or you're going to get two, which is lower than three. Yeah, I say when I was working out my head, I was totally going by the Batman film. And <laughs> do, so, um, I think if you average it out, if you betray, this might not be great content. Like if you betray, you have zero or two, so that adds yeah. up to a total of two. two. Divide by two for an average, that's an average of one year. Yeah. If you stay silent, that's one add three. Yeah. That's four. Divide by two is two. So I, I think mathematically, yeah, yeah, the best of betray. Best, the best. Oh, if you're acting totally yeah. self-interestedly. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, maybe I maybe I change my mind and uh, betray. Yeah, mm. maybe once I talk to my lawyer, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's, he's told me to do that. So uh, I'd, I'd yeah. probably I'd probably be a coward and like before they even ask me, but it was him, it was him, it was all him. <laughs> cool. Um, do you want to pick the last one? Nah, go on, you pick it. So uh, just, just remind me of the three again. Uh, Oh, no, no, let's do this because it's just slightly different okay. for the last five minutes. Okay, so this one comes from a uh, philosopher called Nozick who basically comes up with this idea of the experience machine. And basically, he was responding to lots of philosophy at the time that says 
The way we decide what's good is what makes people happy, pleasurable and enlightened in life. He says, imagine that we created a perfect like simulating machine and you could sit in that machine and you could basically live your most fulfilled, happy life. But all of it would be in a simulation. You wouldn't actually have any impact on the world or anyone else's life. Yeah. Or you could have a normal life with all its ups and downs. Um, you'd have a lot more downs than in the machine. Yeah. But you're obviously in the real world. Which one would it be preferable, or which one would you rather, or yeah, which one is morally preferable to live in? Because it, I guess his argument is, yeah, well. Yeah, no, I think, especially for someone who plays a lot of video games, you, you sort of get caught up in the storyline and. You, you can think about it when you're not playing and you, it is very much like your own story. And if anyone's ever done the VR headsets, you do get a bit lost in there. And, you, you, and say if it was the perfect simulation, you, 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 I, I feel like you could definitely get lost and live, live your, your best life. But would there always be, I, I feel for me, there'd always be that thought in the back of my head where I go, this isn't real. Okay. And have have I actually? I think a part of life, I'd imagine, when you're getting old, is looking back and going, "I've made all these mistakes. I've learned from them. I've built myself up as a person." And imagine, as imagine as the machine gave you that. I guess the the, okay, po- yeah, the yeah. point the point uh, of the machine yeah, is yeah. again the problem is when I talk about maximizing yeah. pleasure. I'm not saying you're yeah, living no. like. And and I think that is the way the sort of the world is going. That the simulations are getting better and crazy, crazy, and I think. I wouldn't be surprised if we got to that point where people were living more and more simulations and because it's, again, it's easier than living in the real world. And even in, and let's say you, even in the simulation, you had enough ups and downs that at the end of your life, you could look back and be happy with what you yeah. achieved and stuff. Yeah. But then ultimately, none of it was inverted commas, we've all discussed reality, yeah. but none of it was real. Does that matter? But then I suppose you go back, is any of this real? So what's the difference from really putting us in a in a, in a simulation well, you told me you think 99 percent sure it's real yeah so the, but the if, reality but if, if that if the simulation felt 99 percent real hmm. just it was so believable everything felt yeah is there really much of a difference i guess my my the reason i sort of draw a bit of a distinction is because in your in your real life yeah. inverted commas um you can benefit the world and you can benefit the world in your simulation but you're not actually benefiting anyone you're benefiting the, a, sim, a simulation yeah. in yourself like my life might be as good i might actually live depressed but if i help my family or i, I don't know go to my sister's wedding and experience other happy times for other people or i don't work for charities or like i have a job for the nhs now or just giving the homeless person in your corner a couple of pounds yeah because you could do that in a simulation but yeah. you're not actually, actually helping, helping them so yeah I guess that's the good that is is the root of what is good is what's pleasurable and good for you yeah or is it but then you could also look at the other way and you think about even if you are a nice person you're probably still upsetting someone someone somewhere either if it's you run over a cat or you have an argument with a person somewhere and you upset them then you're taking yourself away from from that as well Mm. so yeah that's true you remove your you remove the possibility of you doing harm yeah what about if um what would you say if the whole world could be hooked up to this experience machine so we could all live our everyday lives but we could live it a really happy good version of it and all seven billion people on the planet could do that and everyone was probably fed everyone was probably yeah and and even people even reproduced they they grew babies for the next lot of humans to exist 
I don't see any harm in it. No. I don't think it's fully living, but I think if you're enjoying it and it works and it, and it could be a way, it could be a crazy way of sort of like saving the planet. You could go, oh, we don't need to drive cars. Yeah. We don't need to play, uh, fly planes. We don't, we don't need to do all this terrible stuff that's ruining our planet. We, we could just all do it in simulation, not harm anyone or anything. And I think the I think the only sense. issue with it, as I see, and this wasn't what the thought experiment was going to be anyway, is that if the whole world was hooked up, we'd almost put a cap and we would stop innovating. Technology yeah. would stop at that point. We yeah. would never. Yeah, that is very good. We'd point. never continue to explore. We'd yeah. never develop new ideas. Yeah. Because people would we'd never just, actually talk. talk. We wouldn't. We wouldn't make real podcasts and come up with new ideas because yeah. you'd always be what you already are. Yeah. Do I? I. I think it's a cool idea. Would I want to do it? Probably not because. I like reality too much. And we're getting towards the end of this podcast, but I guess the, the real challenge is, and I think lots of people agree with this point, and the reason he came up with this thought experiment is, is because so much of our morality and things we've discussed is based on what increases pleasure and decreases suffering. And almost all of our thought experiments come to the conclusion that we should, as a general rule, and I know actually we don't always come to this, but I think, especially if you're listening at home, have a think about what you think is right and wrong in the world. Think of the politics and the things you think are right. And as a general rule, we think they're right if they maximize pleasure. We think they're wrong if they increase suffering. But then this machine, the experience machine comes along and we start thinking about it and go, right, we can minimize suffering, we can maximize happiness. And we're not even, it's not even like the city idea where we're torturing someone, no one's getting harmed from this. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly we don't like the idea of it. We're suddenly yeah. like, well, maybe morality isn't based on what is morally, makes us happier and decreases suffering. And I think that's what's really interesting about this book experiment. I, I, I also do think it's, it could be slightly selfish sometimes if you, you say say if you just say for example you went and did it and lived, lived in a simulation your whole life then uh, well I don't get to see Joe anymore that's, yeah. that's I yeah I don't get to see that but yeah no I I generally I, I generally think we're we're not too far away from living those top lives in in simulations yeah exactly and yeah and all the problems come with that. Well, yeah, again, another potential podcast topic about sort of digitalizing life and you can get everything ordered to your door and stuff and you can live off your phone. Yeah. Work from, I work from home, order delivery. Getting arguments yeah. over Twitter, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And what can you do in the real life? Yeah. Well, bro. Right, that's another successful podcast, hopefully. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Nothing more to say? All good? All good. Yeah. And like Jacob said, I think like anyone got any thoughts on those? reach out to us because it's always interesting what other people's opinions are. Unless you're telling us rubbish that we don't want to hear. Yeah, no, that's, that's objectively <laughs> wrong. We know that's true. No, no, uh, no criticism. Oh, go on. Really quick then. <laughs> go on. Of all the things we discussed, which one's, the, which one's been, which one's the more interesting um, thought experiment and which one would you discuss further if you had to, if you had to pick one? Which one do you think you, you'd be more I think the one that bothers me the most is the torture one yeah. with the, the, the person being tortured and, and under the city to have this perfect world or that perfect society. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, because sort of either way you go with it, their, their, their implications are quite. Yeah. There's a lot to gain. There's a lot to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's good. Um, and I, I, I quite like the, I'd like to hear people's opinion on the, on the ship one. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's quite interesting. With what I think a lot of people would be divided on that as well. Yeah. About, yeah. Yeah. Cool. What about what about you? Same, same question back to you. Uh, I like where we started going with the sort of brain in the back, Plato's cave. Like, do you know you exist? How do you know things exist? Yeah. 
um, and reality. And I think that almost ties into the ships. Like, what is me? Yeah. What is yeah. me? Um, yeah, because they're, they're, they're all sort of fairly similar in time of each other. Yeah. yeah. Right, oh, I'll, 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 I've enjoyed this one. I've actually really enjoyed yeah, this. Yeah. And yeah, cool little format. All right then. Well, till next time.